Thank you, Janine. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious Father, we thank you for your word, your unstoppable word. We ask, gracious Father, that it would be cast, cast into our hearts, into the hard places in our hearts, the shallow places in our hearts, the thorny places in our hearts, as well as the good soil within our hearts, so that great harvest would grow. Holy Father, speak your word this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In case you didn't know this, the kingdom of God occurred this very week at this very place. During VBS, the kingdom of God occurred. Whenever, wherever the, the word of God is cast, the seed of God's word is cast, the kingdom of God grows. The kingdom of God this week grew in kids, in parents, grew in the leaders as well. Proof of this occurred just in the middle of the week when one of the kids, a parent asked me to talk to one of their kids, and one of the kids came up and said, Pastor, I don't know how to believe in Jesus, and I really want to believe in Jesus because I really want to go to heaven. He's so adorable, this kid. So he, he sat in my office, and he's sitting there. His feet can't even touch the floor. They're swinging, you know. And I said to him, I said, I asked him, do you believe that the Bible is the word of God? He said, oh, yes, it is. I said, is God faithful to all his promises? Does God keep his promises? Is God a truth teller? Yes, he said. And I said, are you, have you been baptized? Yes. And then we opened to Romans 6. And we read, and I shared with him, that those who've been baptized have been united to Christ. Thus, wherever he goes, you've been united to his death and united to his resurrection. And so I said, wherever Jesus goes, you get to go. And a big smile came upon his face. I said, is, I said Jesus is in heaven? He goes, yes. That means I get to go to heaven. Yes. I said, is that good news? Yes. And then he said, and it's true because God keeps his promises. That's the kingdom of God happening in my office with this little boy. Wherever the word of God is cast, the kingdom of God grows. In our reading from Matthew, we come across the parable of the good sower or the sower. And the point of the parable is to speak about the power of God's word. As the word of God is sown, the kingdom of God grows. What does the kingdom of God look like, Jesus says? It looks like this. In the parable, he says, it's a, it looks like a man reaching into a bag of grain. And there, grabbing a handful of grain, of seed, and, and throwing it. And throwing it all over the place. Some of it scatters upon pavement. Some of it upon rocky ground. Some among seeds, and some of it falls on good soil. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. Now, at first glance, this parable seems a bit foolish, I must say. The sower doesn't seem to be that careful with throwing his seed. He doesn't seem to be a good steward of this seed either. He's just throwing it all over the place. 
He doesn't send the soil away to some sample to see what's the really good soil and what's not. We don't see him reading a book on how to really grow a plant, a harvest. He's not asking for techniques. He's not looking for what's the best soil. He's just throwing the soil all over the place abundantly. Some gets on the pavement, some on rocky soil, some with the thorns, and some falls on good soil as well. Interesting. He doesn't seem to be that good of a, a steward then of that seed. Bit foolish, I must say. Now, I can't say it too loudly because we know the sower is God. <laughs> and God can do whatever he wants. But the sower is God. The seed that's sown is the word of God. It's the gospel. It's Christ. And the soil is the hearts of men and women. It's pretty amazing that when Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God occurs, it is amazing that, that he speaks about God being so liberal with his casting of seed. So generous. So abundant. It's kind of messy. Scatters here and there and everywhere. Keeps throwing it. Not good stewardship. But generous. Abundant. Maybe we should learn this truth about the kingdom of God. Sow the seed. The kingdom will grow. For most of us, when we think about the kingdom of God, most of us, we think about a mighty reign of God. We think about that new Jerusalem, that glorious kingdom that is to come. That's what we usually think of. I know I'm not the only one. We think about that new Jerusalem, the place where there will be no more tears, no more sorrows, heaven eternity with God. That's what we think about when we think of the kingdom of God, and that's true. But the kingdom of God isn't just in the future. Jesus is speaking about how the kingdom of God breaks into our world even now. It breaks into our lives even now. It breaks into us when we're least expecting it. And that's why Jesus uses the parable when he's speaking about the kingdom of God, he speaks about a seed. It's, it's tiny, and this is important. A seed is tiny. It's, it's mysterious how it actually grows. I mean, when you think about how small a, t a, a seed is, especially a mustard seed, as Jesus will later say, that's a tiny little seed. But what comes out of the ground is this large and glorious plant. The kingdom of God's like that. It's, it's, it's tiny. It's, it's, it's where you least expect it, and then before you know it, it grows. That's what Jesus is saying. And what's even more amazing about seeds is the fact that, that each seed contains all that it needs. You don't have to add to a seed. I mean, you have to water it in the soil. But, but it's not as though you, you begin with a little seed, and then it grows a little bit, and then you go, okay, now it's time to really put another seed in there, and, and you keep it. You don't do that. Each little seed contains enough to grow. Whoa, sorry. I'm excited about this. To grow the whole plant. And this is important. This is important because the kingdom of God, the word of God has enough in it to accomplish all of its purposes. Everything. One little seed has enough in it to produce something so great and glorious. Now, a second funny thing about a seed is that in order to grow a plant, you actually have to throw it into the 
dirt or put in dirt and cover it up. You bury it. You, in a sense, kill it. And then out of there, in the ground, something mysterious happens. And before you know it, a little sprout happens. And then it grows into something much larger. Now, this is important as we think about the kingdom of God breaking in upon us because often it's breaking in when we least expect it. It's, it's hidden. The work that's being done occurs, and we can't even see it. Now, most of us would like the kingdom of God to be like a giant nail that a giant hammer from a giant God would drive through this planet. That would be a sign. That would be loud. That would be glorious. God, the kingdom of God needs to be like that. And Jesus is saying, no, that will happen later. But the king God at this point looks small, mysterious. It's working when you don't even expect it. It's growing when it's even invisible to your eyes. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And yet there's more to it than just that. The kingdom of God, if you know about seeds, they take a long time to grow. They don't just grow overnight. When my aunt was a child, she was a young child, three or four, Abby's age probably, she decided that she wanted to grow carrots. And so my grandparents helped her make a row that she was going to plant her carrots in. And so she then dug the little hole and put the carrot seeds in the hole, covered them up. She watered it. It was a sunny day. She said a little prayer, oh, Lord, help this grow. She went to bed that night. She, she got up, and she ran straight to the garden. There were no carrots there. She was mad. She was in tears. She said, I planted the seed. I watered it. The sun is, is beating down on it. I prayed to Jesus, and there's no carrots. And she cried all day long. Well, her parents said, be patient. She said, I am patient. And I guess for a three-year-old, about five minutes is being patient. And I'm learning that too. So my grandparents, in, in love, <laughs> when she went to bed that night, they took a whole bunch of store-bought carrots <laughs> and stuck them into the ground. And when she woke up, bam, it happened just like that. Now, this is really important for us because I think when we think about the kingdom of God, we think of it as, as glorious, as coming with power and force, as big, you can't miss it. And yet what Jesus is saying as he likens it to a seed, he's saying, no, it's small. It comes when you can't see it. And it takes time to bring it about. A lot of time. In fact, seeds planted today might take months, years to harvest. And I share this, and I think it's important because there are a lot of parents and grandparents out here who have deep pain within their hearts. And the heartache is over children or grandchildren or nephews and nieces who, who, who were raised in the faith and yet are wandering around. And the desire is to have them back in church, which is, of course, the desire. And the desire is for them to be praising God. And you get so mad and frustrated because you don't see it happening. Think back to the seed for you. 
when you're in that place, think about the seed. Because you sow the seed. The seed has been sown many times over. And in that seed has, has everything that's needed to produce a plant. It, it might take some time. It might take longer than you want. But that seed will grow. The word grows. It accomplishes, as our first reading said. It accomplishes everything God intends it to accomplish. I mean, your children, your grandchildren, your nephews and nieces, they have everything they need for their salvation because they have the word. In a small dose of word, they have all that's needed for salvation, for forgiveness, life, freedom, resurrection from the dead. It's already there in the tiny little word of forgiveness spoken into their ears and the speck of gospel that they've read from the book and from a splash of baptismal water and from a piece of bread that they've eaten and a sip of wine. The seeds has been planted. The seed grows. Not in our time. But it still grows. And grows. There's a young woman who, who came here a number of years ago. And she was a student at Concordia. And she came here on an Advent evening service. And I remember telling my wife before, it was... I said, I don't, I'm not going to do any more Advent services. This is our last year. You know, the attendance on midweek services are so small, forget it. She said, well, okay, well, do that. And she goes, this year, last year. Well, the first Wednesday of Advent, this woman comes in. She's a student at Concordia. She graduated Concordia, graduating Concordia. She was a daughter of a pastor, Missouri Synod pastor. She's had a, she had a falling away from her parents of falling away from her friends, of falling away from God. But she decided she needed to come to an Advent service, of which this was going to be our last one, of course. And after the service, she came up to me and we talked a little bit. Shared, she shared a little bit of, of what was going on. And I looked at her and I, I said, God loves you. And you know that, don't you? <laughs> She just split right then and there. She knew it. That word had been sown into her. She didn't need to hear it again. God loves you. You know it. It's all that was needed. She came the next Wednesday. Came the next Wednesday. Came the next Wednesday. After Advent service, she started coming on Sundays. Eventually, we needed someone to help in the office, and so she even helped in the office while carrying her own job. And she, since then, was reconciled with God, reconciled with her parents. She actually lives close to them now. The gospel. The seed was planted. I told Jamie after that first meeting, I said, you know, I said, because we knew she was pregnant with Abby, we knew we were going to have a daughter. And I said, I hope some pastor sometime down the road will, if there's a, a little girl named Abigail who comes to her, comes to him and, and says, I don't know if God loves me, I hope there'll be a pastor who said, yes, he does. Now I have to have Advent services every year. <laughs> I mean, it's it just, you can't not at this point. 
But, but that's the power of the spoken word. So parents and, and grandparents and uncles and, and aunts, keep speaking the word of God to those who you love. Share it. Say it. Say it over again. Tell them that God loves you. Send them little cards on their birthday speaking of how much God loves them. And if you know their baptismal date, send them one of the cards that we have. Ask. We have extras that I send to you guys. Say, God who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Inundate them with the gospel. Why? Because the word's been planted. Keep speaking it. Watch as it grows. Sow the seed, Jesus tells us. The kingdom will grow. Now, whenever the sowed is seed or sown, whenever the seed is sown, it was VBS this week, I'm sorry. <laughs> there is opposition that occurs. In the parable, we, we hear about the opposition. The opposition, the birds that steal the seed, the, the rocky soil, the rocky ground, the shallow ground, the heat of persecution wilts that plant. We have the thorns that choke out its fruit. The cares of the world, they do that. And I'd love to say that that opposition belongs to, to those out there. That those bad places of soil, it's those people who don't believe. And that's partially true. But we're saints and sinners. Our fertile hearts are also fallen. The opposition that arises to God's word not only occurs out there, it occurs within us as well. And you know this. The cares of the world have a way of shaking us and making us wonder if, if God is, is, is really taking care of us. We know how this happens. Persecution makes us think twice about sharing the gospel. Even the radical nature of the gospel causes us sometimes to wonder, can this really be true? This seems too good to be true. Did you hear about that boy who came up to a pastor and said, Pastor, I know God loves everybody, but he must never have met my sister. <laughs> right? Sometimes the gospel's too good. How can you, God, love that person? How can you love me? We, our objections arise within us. And we're the good soil. And the rocky soil, and the thorny soil, and the hard soil as well. And it's when these objections arise, when persecution arises from without and from within, that we start wondering if this declaration to, to sow God's seed and the kingdom will grow, we turn it into a question. And we begin to say, does the word sown really bring about the kingdom? Really? I mean, can a few Bible stories to a child really do anything? Can a, a little bite of wa wa bread and wine can that really do anything? Could water poured on a child in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, really, could that really do anything? It seems too small. Our cares seem too big. Can it really work that way? The answer is yes. Think back to the seed. Of course that's how it works. Though it's mysterious, though it's often hidden from us, God has promised 
And God is always faithful to his promises. And even though this parable speaks of mystery and it speaks of opposition, the one great thing about this parable is that it also speaks about how the word accomplishes its goals. Think with me. Think back to the first group. What, who takes the word when it's sown on hard soil? Who is it in the parable? It says the birds come and take the seeds. Now, who does the birds refer to? The devil. Okay. Maybe I was only listening. No. What do birds do when they eat seeds? They excrete those seeds. And what happens to those excreted seeds? They grow. Don't you understand what Jesus is saying? Even when the devil comes in and swaps up all the seed and takes it, what happens? It passes right through them. It gets into the ground and it grows. Devil, you can't stop it. Even more, sometimes that, grow, that seed falls onto hard ground next to rocks. Have you ever driven up to the mountain and seen a tree coming out right through a rock? You think the rock can stop the word of God? Or have you ever been near thorns and seen a nice fruit tree grow? It kind of makes you upset because you can't get to it. But the thorns can't choke it out. Why? The, the, the word is too strong. It's the word of God. It accomplishes all that God intends for it to accomplish. That's what Jesus is saying. It actually works. It grows. It produces a harvest. Now, what about those thorns? It's hard for us to get to that fruit. Jesus knows that. We're speaking about the kingdom of God. And Jesus is willing to put the thorns on himself in order to have you, that fruit. He's willing to, to become the seed, to be thrown into the ground, to die, so that he might have you. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, and he's speaking about himself, it bears much fruit. Jesus is that promised seed of Abraham, the seed through whom all nations of the earth would be blessed. Jesus had to die in order to be buried as a seed. But what came out of the ground on that third day? It came Jesus. But who is Jesus? A mighty vine that grows out of that ground. And we're attached to him, united to him, so that we too would produce fruit. He is the vine, we are the branches. We produce such fruit. So sow the seed. The kingdom will grow. Now I want to end with this. In August, I will be starting my eighth year here. I had to actually add it up three times. And then I started counting, started counting little grays that are starting to pop up. I'm like, okay, it's probably been eight years or seven years. I was going through my desk this week, and I came across a box. And in the box, there were a picture. There was an envelope with pictures. And these were pictures that Sam Giese had taken of the members of the congregation who were here when I came. And he sent them to me when I was at seminary, because I had a month left and put their names on the back. You, got, you remember this, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, you have to understand that as I'm, I was 25 at the time. Yeah? <laughs> See, I, it's starting to happen, right? 
I had only been part of large churches. I get in the mail this envelope with the members of the congregation. First thing I notice, I go, oh, this is a thin envelope. But then I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of pictures here, but I realized there's one person per picture. It wasn't families that way. And then I noticed that of these pictures, there were two people under the age of 18. And one of them was Vlad, an employee of the church. The other was Keely. Then I looked at the rest. I thought to myself, there's no youth movement happening here. There's only a few of us of which I've buried five of them since being here. And I thought, <laughs> I thought two things. First, how in the world is this going to happen? And the other, second thing I thought was, you know, it's good that there's other churches out there because if it doesn't happen, I can always go to another one. But then I thought about this truth. It, it dawned on me. It overwhelmed me. I realized the people at this church had been alive longer than I'd been a Christian. I thought to myself, how in the world can I come into this place and be a pastor? I go, some letter on the wall, a letter of call, means nothing. What kind of authority will I have? In the midst of, of prayer, in the midst of worry, is this parable that came to me. And what came to me was, sow the word. The kingdom will grow. That's all the authority that, that one needs. Sow the word. The kingdom will grow. Did it look like much at the beginning? No. There are many Sundays where it doesn't look like much. Sow the word. The kingdom will grow. That's what happens. And so church, sow the word. Continue to sow the word. Sow it to your neighbor. Sow it to your friends. Tell those kids of yours who aren't going to church, just tell them, look, I don't care what you're thinking. God loves you. And so do I. And God made a decision long before you could ever think for yourself. You're united to Christ. Get that through your head. <laughs> God loves you. God's redeemed you. God's forgiven you. Come to church. Receive the Lord's Supper again. God loves you. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Because the kingdom will grow. In Jesus' name, amen.